Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this multi-layered reality, I hope that you are able to at least start becoming aware of your very DNA. You know, we think about DNA samples, you know, when people take a little cotton swab, they swab the inside of their cheek and they send that DNA sample over to um, a laboratory and you know, a few hundreds of dollars later and a few weeks, you know, short six to eight weeks, (laughs) you know where your ancestors are from. But what I have been discovering through my research and various conversations I've listened to on um, Gaia.com and a few other places. I've been um, hearing inklings of something much greater, much more multifaceted and multidimensional, much more universal. And apparently the ETs know it. (laughs) This is apparently well known throughout the whole universe. And we're barely discovering that we even have DNA at this point. You know, and we're looking at dead DNA when we swab our cheek and those cells die outside of our body and they sit around a lab for God knows how long before someone in the laboratory can get to it. And so they're not seeing the whole picture, but it doesn't matter. They don't have the equipment to see the whole picture. And what I have been uh, discovering um, just through my research and whatnot is that our DNA is not just the physical DNA, but there's multiple layers. There's multi-dimensions, multiple dimensions to our DNA. It's like stacked, like our reality, like we are as souls. When you think about the fact that we come from a different dimension, we project our souls down here to overlay the physical body and animate it with our energy, which has got to be some kind of zero point energy. It's some kind of energy outside of what we can comprehend. (laughs) I mean, we are way more complicated than what we give ourselves credit for. You know, I've had so many men say, I'm just a simple man. I'm like, well, that's not going to do for me, buddy. (laughs) I like me a complicated man. I like a man who has a lot going on. You know, like maybe he has a career going, but he's got his hand in a lot of different uh, kinds of projects. He has multiple streams of income. He's deep. Maybe he's dark and mysterious in some ways, and maybe he's... Uh, you know, spiritual, but brooding, or maybe doesn't know about spiritual stuff, but he's 
really deep and he's always contemplating things like quantum mechanics and the universe and a, a, a good piece of music can make him uh, cry, you know, can bring him to his knees and shed a few tears. I mean, for me, that's the kind of person I want to be with. I don't want to be with, you know, the, the country bumpkin kind of person who doesn't have any interest in a show like this <laughs> at all <laughs> and has, you know, like I, I go to work and then I come home and watch the game and I eat my vittles and I go to bed, you know, I hit the hay. I'm not interested in someone who's simple like that, you know, like uh, my grandfather lived simply, but he was not a simple man. You know, he was um, always reading and always, you know, just very interested in a lot of different things. I believe he invested even, at least he had an investment group. I think he invested in the stock market, but he had someone do it for him. I never heard him on the phone or talking about it, but I think that there was some investments. I think my grandmother said when he died, she says, I have to figure out some of this financial stuff because there were some investments. And I'm like, whoa. That's kind of cool. You know, um, you know, he wasn't really complicated, but you know, he was still a very interesting guy. You could sit and have a really good conversation. He knew all about animals and the natural world. And he knew how to, um, fish and he probably knew how to hunt, but he didn't like to, he never did. Didn't keep a gun in the house. I actually did. He had a pistol in case there was a burglary, but other than that, he didn't really you know, I think he kept a pistol. I know my uncle did. I, most of the people in my family carried guns or kept guns. My dad carried multiple guns. But, um, you know, I grew up around it. Don't want it. Don't like it. Don't want a gun around me at all. <laughs> I lived in Detroit without a gun. A lot of people consider that brave. I just consider it wise. You know, <laughs> most uh, gun accidents happen in the home anyway. Um, but I, I've never really been like interested in simple people. When people say I'm so simple, you know, it's just not an interesting thing to me. It's like, Oh, all right. You know, I've met a lot of people like that too. It's weird. I know a guy here who runs a newspaper conglomerate. Okay. He has his own little empire. You know, it's not just a little country pumpkin paper and that's it. I mean, he owns several newspapers in several cities. He's like one of three voices of the media in this country. And yet when I have a conversation with him, he comes across as just a, a simple bumpkin to me. He really does. You would think he would be so interested in all of the stories of the day and all the things that are going on. And yet he's sending me a picture of his ravioli going, this is my dinner tonight. You know, what did you eat? Like, I don't want to talk about my fucking food, man. Like, it's not all that exciting. If I was a chef, perhaps. Now, when my son wants to talk about food, that's an interesting conversation because he has such an elevated sense of how flavors, you know, go together and how things match and, and how, you know, you have to have the sweet, the salt, the sour, the bitter, you've got to figure it out and, and do it in you unique and beautiful ways. And then you present it on the plate in a way in which it's art 
it's food turned into art and it becomes an elevated form of being in this world and I'm interested in that but when a guy dumps a can of chili in a bowl and microwaves it it's not all that interesting right and I feel like we as human beings a lot of times tend to think of ourselves as simple we're simple like we're just you know we dump a chili in the bowl and we're done but a boom but a bing fill the hole I don't care about whatever flavors flavor schmaver did what did have too much salt I don't know I didn't even notice I wolfed it down I bent my elbow so many times so rapidly I couldn't even I think I have tennis elbow and I've never picked up a racket <laughs> like I feel like that's how a lot of people most people think about themselves that they're just simple oh we're not you know we're not fancy my my stepmom used to say that we're not fancy people I'm like, speak for yourself, dude. Like, seriously, I am a fancy person. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, when um, Queen Herbie has a line in one of her songs, she says, I'm couture like the movies, okay? <laughs> you know? She says, um, you know, it says something like, you know, I, you know, she says something about she likes Gucci and she's couture like the movies. It's like, yeah, I mean come on. I mean, if I had my way, I would be hot and thin and wearing Chanel all the time, you know, (laughs) but a lot of people do just like, Oh, well, we're not fancy folk here. We're just normal people. We're just a little bit of simple people, but even the people that believe that about themselves and then buy into that story, that is a story. I mean, some people say they're complicated and they're like hella drama. That's not being complicated. That's just being dramatic, right? We, when we're complicated, we're, that makes us interesting, you know, like layers of a lasagna. If every layer is different, it makes it a very interesting dish, you know, but if every layer is identical and there's not even any cheese, it's, maybe good but it's not interesting you know if it doesn't have garlic and oregano and and um abahaca what is that basil i'm like <laughs> abahaca is a spanish word for basil <laughs> you'd think it'd be basil basilia or something but now it's it's abahaca but the h is silent so it's abahaca like it's kind of weird abahaca i don't know it's hard to say anyway <laughs> It's just, I don't know, guys, we are all, even the people that think they're simple, the people that maybe don't have a high IQ or they do, but they don't care, you know, like I've met so many mentally lazy people and spiritually lazy people, but, um, I think a lot of people are just maybe not lazy, but they're just worn out. Life fucking wears us out. I don't care who you are. Life is fucking exhausting. You know, um, it really is. And you know, what's funny is we're more busy in heaven than we are here. And <laughs> it's like, I always think I'll rest when I'm dead, but you know what? That's a lie too. Cause I think as soon as I die, I'm going to be shutting, shutting the people back and forth. You know, I'm shuttling everybody everywhere, you know, with my twin flame, he'll be shuttling the new souls to the next new planet. And I'll be shuttling the dead souls back to heaven or whatever. It's just, it's going to be like this never fucking ending story for me, (laughs) you know, as an archangel, I'm not going to just 
have my fancy mansion and eat my heavenly bonbons and, you know, watch my earth dramas. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that fun and simple, even though I kind of secretly wish, you know, that's what it would be like. But I have a feeling God's going to keep me hella busy or heaven a <laughs> busy. Um, but we are all complicated. Even the people that think they're simple, the people that act simple, the people that may, might not have a lot of um, mental capacity or whatnot, we are really, really complicated, even the people that don't believe they are. The people who try to pride themselves on being that simple, you know, which I don't think is a very attractive quality. I think the smarter you are, the more complicated you enjoy things, you know? I mean, when you go to the the fair or carnival, there's like this game to win a goldfish where you just throw a ping pong into um, an open pitcher of water. It's like the simplest game. And if you could get it, oh, you want a goldfish. It's like so simple. You know, and then there's other people over here doing fucking Sudoku, you know, under timed pressure or, you know, answering 20 questions about history, geography, you know, math, uh, you know, uh, literature and, you know, science and, you know, I'm more interested in the people that know all the cool stuff, not, you know their idea of a game is throwing a ball into a vat of water. Like, I mean, I'd like that too. It's like a physical skill. It's, it's actually fun. I always tried to win and I always won goldfish. I was sick one day. My, my friend, Neil, God bless him. And by the way, happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish friends. He's Jewish and I should write him and tell him happy Hanukkah. Um, you guys are like what? Four days into it now, I think. And, uh, so hopefully there's a fun game dreidel who I used to have a dreidel I'm not even Jewish but I was thought you know it says yod hey wahe I think I think that's what it says on there I'm not sure um I have to look at I haven't seen a dreidel in a while and I don't have one anymore I I had it and I, I even bought one for my son when he was really little and and it's like a little spinning top and and he loved it He's like, there's something special about this. I'm like, I know, right? With the with the Hebrew letters, they have a high vibration to them. I really like it. And um, but there's something to be said about the simple games. But at the same time, I just it's like, ugh, I, I like the complicated stuff because you have to really think and, and and exercise your mind. And you know, it's it's boring otherwise for me. But anyway, I sent my friend Neil to the Purim Carnival. He's like, I'm going to the Purim Carnival with my girlfriend. I really want, we want you to go. And I'm like, you want me to be a third wheel on your date? He's like, it's not a date. She's bringing her daughter. Come on. I'm like, I, I'm kind of not feeling good. I've got a fever. I, I'm tired. I'm going to stay home. And he's like, well, do you want me to get you anything? I'm like, yes, get me a goldfish. <laughs> he, co- he comes back with a goldfish. He's like, damn it. He's like, you're not going to believe what happened. I'm like, what? And he said, well... I spent $12.50 on this goldfish because I couldn't get that damn ping pong <laughs> into that bat, <laughs> into the pitcher. I'm like, what? That's insane. Um, he's like, he's like, I'm really bad at this. I'm like, man, if I'd gone there, I would have spent 50 cents. 
He's like, you know, you could get a goldfish for $2. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but this one's special because you won him. He's magical. Anyway, I named that, that, gold, that goldfish Happy and gave it to my cat. And people come around and go, oh, I like your fish. I'm like, oh, it's not mine. Tell my cat it's her fish. <laughs> it's her Happy, H-A-P-I, named after the Japanese snack cracker of the same name. <laughs> just in case she ate the, the fish. It was her fish. She could do with it what she wanted. But she actually just hung out with her fish. She put her arms around the bowl and, and hug it. And, and actually... Um, it was quite interesting watching her interact with the fish. She put her nose in the water and the fish would come up, swim up and put his nose on her nose and they'd kind of look into each other's eyes for a bit and then the, the fish would swim away really quick. It was really interesting. I mean, for years they were friends, like best buds. Anyway, but we are way complicated even if we don't believe we are. Even the people who say they're simple, they're complicated. We're all all of humanity, we're all hella complicated. First of all, when we're um, in the womb and when we're first created, what happens is our DNA contains the DNA of many different creatures and we become many different creatures on our journey to becoming a physical human. And then we're born as a baby human. But in the womb, I mean, we look like a tadpole and we look like a frog and we look like a bunch of different animals. I think at one point we look like a, a baby chicken. It's really, really trippy. I mean, not that we have feathers, but we look like all these other animals. And we are not just humans. We have Syrian DNA and Lyran DNA and Andromedan DNA and Pleiadian DNA. Most of us are Pleiadian. Pleiadians were prolific and they were here for millions of years. And we are, we have been on this planet a lot longer than the scientists say. In fact, um, here in Ecuador, my friend Kyle sent me an article. I had forgotten to, um, I'm like right here in Santa Elena provincia, uh, the province here. And this in this province, there is what is called the lovers of Sumpa, S-U-M-P-A. And you guys could look this up and you could see for yourself. There's pictures online. And the lovers of Sumpa were, um, they died together. I don't know how. I think it might have been, they were buried together in an embraced, they were in a loving embrace, like kissing or something, laying down and kissing. And they were covered in, maybe volcanic ash or something. I don't even know what happened. Maybe they were flooded. They died that way. They died in this passionate, sexy, romantic embrace. And they were kissing each other or look, you know, or, or like about to when they died in each other's arms like that. And when the archeologist uncovered it, the testing of the rocks or, you know, around there, around them, were, it was over 8,000 years old. I mean, that's older than any of the other things that they're claiming, you know, like pyramids and all that. That's older than all that shit. Ecuador is extremely interesting from an archaeological um, standpoint. And uh, so the, they call it the Lovers of Sumpa. And it's um, a romantic vacation that couples, especially newlyweds, take they come and they hope that the lovers of Sumpa will bless their union so that they will always be 
uh, together and in love. And that's just right here. I live here in the state where the, or the province where this is. So I probably should go. I haven't gone. And I thought about it when I first heard about it. And then I thought I'm probably going to cry my heart out and be depressed about it. But I'm, I may go over there and check it out because it's interesting and it's not too far from a place I could go watch the whales. Although I'm like right here, I'm like two blocks from the beach, three blocks from the beach. I can, when the whales come back, we can see them and they're going to be migrating soon. So knock on wood, I'll be able to see those guys. It's going to be pretty cool. I'll try to reach out mentally and I may try to do a channeling or something, you know, with the whales. I, I mean, I could do that anyway, whether they're here or not, but it might be interesting to check it out. But um, anyway, what I found out through my studies and through this stuff uh, is that our DNA has light DNA from other in other dimensions, just as our soul does. Our, our soul is one thing, but our DNA in our physical body, I think might be connected to our soul somehow. I, I'm not really sure, but what I found out, what I've heard people say is that it's, we have a light DNA that you can test that the ETs can come and they can test while with our living tissues, they can scan our living tissues and see us in higher, uh, levels. They could see us in higher, um, vibrations, higher, um, you know, in, in other octaves of, who we are at the DNA level, they could see us from a light vibration. They'll be able to tell how spiritually advanced we are. Maybe, you know, they could tell, um, what we're mainly thinking about or focusing on. There might be a color to it. There might be like, you know, our auras might be a part of that. It's very, very weird, but our light DNA is seen in other dimensions and other ETs. I believe the, you know, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago with the Arcturian council of nine, when I channeled them, like maybe was it one or two weeks ago? And they were saying that they see us as colors. They experience us as colors. Like we're different than how we see each other. They see us in a different light. And I think they're seeing our DNA, the light part of our DNA. Now, what I also found out is that our DNA interacts with DNA of plants when we eat them. And we can even like generate a new species with two DNA sets or symbiosis, symbiosis. Like, so if we take um, psychedelic drugs, for example, and we're you know, we could create like another kind of, we become them and they become us in that moment while we're taking, you know, ayahuasca or, or DNA, or even just, I mean, we're taking DNA, we're taking mushrooms, right. Or we're smoking weed, you know, the spirit of the plant, you know, interacts with our spirit, but the DNA of the plant interacts with our DNA and there's like a symbiotic relationship going on, you know, like the mushroom people, they come and they talk to us and they learn about us and our reactions to stuff. And they, they learn about our consciousness while we also learn about them and why they're here and how did they come to be? Like if you've ever done, um, psychedelic mushrooms, you could see 
like they will come and they will show you your world at the level of the consciousness where you're at. Now I have friends that like I mentioned a few times that they, it, 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 the, the first time I did mushrooms, I bought them from these people and they were telling me, Oh, we'd love to take mushrooms and watch SpongeBob SquarePants. It's hilarious. And, and she's like, so we recommend that or any kind of cartoon, just watch TV, la la. And we're like, Oh God, we're not going to do that. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? We're like, well, we're going to like light a candle and some incense and sage the place, you know, surround ourselves with white light energy. And we're going to sit in meditation and contemplate the nature of reality. And we're going to try to connect with the mushroom people and with God and we're going to try to learn more about our own souls. And she's like, boring. <laughs> and we're looking at her going, um, boring. <laughs> we're totally different. You know, come, we're approaching it at totally different angles, taking the same damn mushrooms. So the DNA symbiosis between her, her DNA and the mushroom DNA is going to be a much different animal than what will be the symbiosis of what my, my ex-husband and I were doing <laughs> with the mushrooms and the mushroom people came and they would talk to us. And because he and I had the same level of understanding and con- you know, and we have the same conversations with these guys. So we have the same consciousness. And so they came to us and they told us both the same story at the same time. And we were both like meditating with our legs crossed on the, he was on the couch. I was on a chair and, um, and then I opened up my eyes and he opened up his eyes at the same time. And, and he's like, they're from outer space. I'm like, yeah, they just told me. And in fact, they just told me they told you. And he's like, oh my God. So like they were actually beings telling us the same thing at the same time. We're all having like this group telep- telepathy, telepathic channeling together. It was really, really trippy. And then after we had that conversation, then the, the visuals happened and oh my God, it was amazing. And, um, I could see that our, everywhere we touch is touched and, and stays touched. So if I touched a book a week ago, you could still see the string going from my body to that book energetically. And if I touched it two months ago, it's still there, but more faint. So on a different level, the ETs can tell everything you've done in your home based on the energetic signatures. Now, I, uh, this has not, this is not new information. If you look at sci-fi and fantasy, you know, TV shows and movies, because I've seen even in charmed, they were able to like do a spell and see where the energy was, where the energy signature was. And they could see where, how somebody touched something, but they have to like, you know, cast a spell first to see it. But in Star Trek, they could do an energetic, you know, reading and find out where somebody was and what they were doing. And they could even see the energetic patterns. And I've seen witchcraft shows and supernatural shows where they could just see the energetic patterns. If they say a few words and blow a powder or whatever, but when you're on mushrooms, you could see it the same in reality. You could see it. It's really, really, really trippy. You could see everywhere you've touched everywhere you've been. You could see your energy signature versus somebody else's. It might be a slightly different 
color. It's really trippy. And then when you start paying attention to the different um, objects around you, they start talking to you and they'll tell you what their energy is. Like the toilet's depressed because you're not paying attention to it, you know, and giving it credit when it's the most important appliance, appliance in the house because you spend so much time there, you know, or you go there all the, throughout the whole day. You know, you might use the dishwasher once a day, maybe twice, but the toilet you're using several times a day. You know, the toilet feels like it's the most, you know, the most used, most should be the most loved thing in the house and no one ever says I love you. And that's why toilets act up and sometimes get backed up and they don't work or function correctly or, you know, they get depressed. So you have to tell your toilet you love it. It's insane, but... my husband and I started telling our toilet we love it and it stopped acting up it was fine after that didn't get backed up it didn't keep running all the weird shit that goes wrong with toilets it didn't there was no problem as soon as you start saying I love you and you're amazing and thank you for doing this wonderful service like literally this is the best service we have in the house think about it think about it it's the best service you got Right. But I think that our light DNA, like we get attached to things and that might be part of it, that light DNA and ETs, they can tell our habits just by looking at the energy signatures of what we've touched and where we've been. Even Christopher Lowell, I don't think he's on TV anymore, but he is an interior designer and decorator and he was on HGTV back in the day, like God, 20, over 20 years ago. I even bought a couple of his books. He's an amazing um, designer. And he would always say, you have to love and touch the objects in your home because it gives them new life. And I remember thinking, he probably isn't aware of the spiritual implication of that, but it's 100% true. When you touch things in your home, you do give it new life because you are so much more complicated than you understand your DNA is beyond just your skin and your hair you know your your DNA is on multiple layers multiple dimensions multiple levels and you literally leave light pillars of light sparkles of light like a star everywhere you go you just don't see it with your physical eyes but people who can see or people who are mushrooms, boy, they could tell you everything you've touched. I remember when we were high on mushrooms and I looked at my husband and I said, you looked at that book today, that book and that book over there was like a week ago. And he looked at me like, how the hell did you know that? You weren't even home that when that happened. I'm all, cause I could see the strings of energy and I saw everything you touched in what order you touched it. And he's like, holy shit. Right. And he's like, Oh my God, I could see it too. And I could see, you know, like the strings between your fingers and the books that you've touched too. And he's like, you mainly touched all the books on, on this shelf, you know, my writing shelf, all my writing books. I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was really, really weird. So I believe our DNA is way more complicated than we believe. And so let's see. And we do create this new sense of this new species between, you know, when we combine with plants, whether we're eating the plants or, um, you know, 
getting high from them and it might be temporary I don't think it's like we don't create other entities constantly you know it's not like you know tribbles falling off our arms every time we touch an ear of corn or some shit it's not that weird but thank god because that would be way too complicated but um I think that we create something new and different and every time you do mushrooms it's going to be different it's a different experience and as you grow in your understanding of yourself you end up having higher and higher vibrational experiences like when I first um, got high on marijuana the first time I smoked weed I was at um, I was with my friend Tommy and we were 17 years old and he was born like in August I was born in August we're like he's a Leo I'm a Virgo he's been he's born in the beginning of August I was born at the end but we were best friends he's just like three weeks older than me and he always influenced me and he was like we're gonna smoke weed have you ever smoked weed I'm like no and I remember sitting there he's like how do you feel I'm like I feel okay but I can't feel my legs is that normal and he burst out laughing and everyone in the room heard me say that and they're all laughing and we were in a room full of people who I could not pick out in a lineup today I don't remember a single person except for him but it was a really strange night I remember thinking I'm not high at all I don't feel a thing I don't think it's working and he's like why are you keep rubbing your legs like that I'm like I don't feel my legs I don't I don't know. I feel like I'm paralyzed or something. It's kind of weird. And then he started laughing. He's like, well, that's because the weed's working. I'm like, wow, I don't feel my body. And that was like the only, that was like pretty much the only thing that happened is like I felt numb. And um, I laughed a little bit. And then I laughed a lot. And then that was like the end of it. But the last time I smoked weed, a few days ago, um, I was experiencing my multidimensional self. I was not only feeling that I am just swirling molecules in various points of density, I was able to have telepathic conversations with my twin flame. I was able to assess um, my chakras and different, um, I was able to assess different uh, things about, um, you know, where I'm at healing wise, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. And I'm able to contemplate all of my spiritual bodies and I've been able to conversate with God and I was able to, so like my multidimensional self is really coming online where I'm connecting to my light DNA in a much higher, uh, vibratory fashion because through this plant DNA symbiosis or symbiosis, however you wish to say the word it's both are correct but um i noticed that the symbiosis has advanced and evolved and grown spiritually with me as i've grown spiritually and when i meet no matter what strain i use no matter which um strain of uh, cannabis I, i smoke or take in an edible form i'm getting more out of it on a spiritual level you know now there might be times I just want to sit around and watch something funny and laugh my ass off and sometimes I do and sometimes I want to just sit and feel the presence of my holy guardian angel and not really do any spiritual work just 
feel the higher vibration and try to hold that energy with me and pull that heaven on earth feeling down from the fifth dimension, the seventh dimension, even the ninth dimension down to where we are here so that I could get the world, um, you know, help the world better, you know, be a better place. And sometimes I just sit with the energy and the feeling of love. And that's all I do. I just sit in a bubble of love and I just feel the love and I just feel it expanding until it reaches the outer reaches of the cosmos, or at least what I can imagine, you know, the galaxy, the solar system, you know, and I never did that in the beginning. In the beginning, I was like, dude, I can't feel my legs. That was the extent of my weed trip the first time, (laughs) laughing a lot and going, what's wrong with my legs? How come I can't feel them? You know, I've come a long way and, and you have too. And even if you don't believe that you're a complicated person, you really are from a spiritual standpoint, because there are layers, there are layers to it. And it's quite fascinating, isn't it? I, I hope you enjoy this conversation. This was one that was deeper. It's deeper than, um, some of the other things I talk about. But I think all the things I talk about are relatively important, you know, um, in one way or another. But um, anyway, our DNA also, by the way, is a um, it is a transmitter and a receiver of light energy. So the light part of our DNA can receive those downloads, those upgrades, those light codes it's our DNA that receives it and we receive it through plasma and we receive it through the solar winds and we receive it through inner changes and exchanges with other people. And we transmit when we send love to somebody, they receive it to the ability at which they're aware of it. That's not up to us, but they do receive it. We send love and they get it. Sometimes they feel it. Sometimes they're consciously aware of it. Sometimes not. You know, my, my, uh, my awesome friend, Janine, she's been transmitting and receiving information from me, like through, uh, telepathic conversations. And I'm not always consciously aware of it. Cause I'm always doing other shit while she's talking to me. And she might be talking to me in the middle of the night while nursing her baby, but I'm, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't aware I was asleep or whatever. But last night I was aware of having a conversation with her. I don't, Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, dude? Love you. Love you too, sis. You know, that kind of thing. She's an archangel also incarnate. So it's, it maybe it's an archangel thing. (laughs) We could just telepath with each other like that. I'm not really sure, but, um, but it might be on the light part of our DNA. Like it's in other dimensions, you know? So you are, um, a million times more complicated than you've given yourself uh, credit for, but it's not a drama kind of complication. It is a powerful multidimensional, um, just multiple faceted kind of complication, you know, um, a little tiny piece of a seashell is not all that exciting, but a diamond 
or um, an emerald or a ruby with all the multifaceted, you know, after someone as a jeweler has come through and given it all the facets so that every you look is a new form of shine and there's like this, the light catches and it's just like brilliant and you can't stop staring at it because it's so incredibly beautiful. That's what we're like. That's from, a, you know, from a higher dimensional perspective, we must look like diamonds. So that's it, baby. Go shine bright like a diamond that you are meant to be and that you always were. I mean, seriously, even the most simple people in this world, they're still like that. They're still diamonds. They just don't know they're diamonds. They don't even think they're cold. They don't think, you know, it's, it's sad to me. The people don't think that they're worth more, you know, and that's one reason I'm here is just to help boost people in, in multiple ways. You know, I, I want us all to know how special and how magical we are as people, you know, and we're so much more than just being, um, a person on a planet that's going to live and die and no one's going to know us or whatever, like because in the heavens I mean you've got hundreds if not thousands of people they're waiting for you to awaken awaken spiritually they're waiting you know when you come back when you go home again they're going to be there waiting for you they're going to be loving you they're going to be cheering you on every animal that you've ever um, loved is going to be there waiting for you you are so important in heaven than you ever could imagine or realize. You know, when you get there, there's like crowds of people waiting for you. You know, they're going to be like cheering you on and, you know, high-fiving you and hugging you and crying and laughing. And, oh, I'm so glad you're back. We really missed you up here. Life wasn't the same without you up here. You know, you're so special. We're so freaking happy you're back that's how it's always going to be because you are way more special than you know you're way more complicated than you know and your DNA is way more than what we perceive or know it to be right now I cannot wait to see the um, instrumentation of the ETs to see what our what is our DNA more about I want to know more about it like Ash Tarshirhan, you hear that? Because we're going to talk to him tonight. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I heard that. I'm already connected to you, right? Yeah, I'd like to be connected to Ash Tarshirhan of the Palladian Light Forces. Michael Sherhan, are we connected? Yes, we are, baby. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, let's get into our science portion of the evening, and then we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk to um, Ashtar. Uh, I, I did want to, before we get into this part, I, I wanted to tell you guys a few nights ago, I had a dream that my wrists were extremely sore because I was doing some kind of a handstand or something. It was really trippy. I was doing some kind of an exercise and I was like doing a handstand on a table. Now, in my waking life, my day-to-day waking life, um, I have never in my life been able to do a handstand. Now, when I was a kid, 
I could do the one where you're um, kind of on your head and your hands and your feet are up against the wall. And I did that one maybe four or five times my whole life, like hardly all at all, never hardly at all. So in my dream, I was doing some kind of a complicated handstand like a few nights ago. And I woke up and I thought, well, that was weird. <laughs> my wrist felt fine. But the next day, and I in, in my dream, I injured my wrist. And the next day, one day later, I wake up and my wrist hurt so freaking much. And it's almost better now, but today it's still hurting. Like, what the hell was that? I had a dream. I get injured and 24 hours later, I'm injured. And there's no explanation for it. I mean, I don't think I'm doing handstands in my sleep, but I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know if I am or not? I live alone. Anyway, I looked and it was 44 minutes and 44 seconds right into this <laughs> episode. So there we go. Angels are surrounding you. That's what that means. Um, thousands and thousands of angels are with us right now. So that's one thing. Um, what was the other thing? I had a dream about my twin flame I listened to a twin flame related um I don't know it was isochronic tones and binaural beats and something else from um ascension archangel king louie l-u-i and that's the station on youtube it's very interesting he's he's channeling this stuff from the future According to his description, it's really trippy as hell. Some of his stuff has, get, has given me nightmares, but most of the stuff has made me feel really awesome. And that one for Twin Flames that he released in this past week really was incredible. I'm going to try and listen to it again tonight because, oh my God, you guys, I went into the future. I think I hopped into my future self's body. And this is the scenario. Okay, so I'm not going to say who he is, of course, because, you know, um, we have to meet and all that uh, first, and then I'll tell you guys who my twin flame is. But he is extremely famous, and very, very famous people can't really go out. Um, It's like a weird social handicap in a way, being very wealthy and very famous. Um, You can't leave the house without being mobbed by, you know, freaking reporters and people with cameras and, you know, the whole paparazzi thing and then other people and people who just constantly want to pet you and tear you and take pieces of you home. And, you know, um, it's just trippy. It's really, really trippy. I've been in that situation where I was mobbed by, um, hundreds of school kids in Peru because they thought that my kids and I were famous my oldest has been stalked by people because uh, people thought that um, he was uh, Billy Joe Armstrong because he looks identical to Billy Joe. In fact, they met on a corner in um, Berkeley, Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer of Green Day, and my and my kid, and they were wearing the same fucking outfit and they had the same hair, haircut. They both had like a green mohawk at that time. And they were looking like freaking twins and they're standing on the sidewalk super awkwardly, not saying a word to each other, kind of staring at each other and then laughing and looking away and like 
fuck. It was like the most embarrassing moment. My kid is like, oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I was so weird. He, he was like, I was dressed to go on a job interview. I'm wearing, you know, black pants and a black shirt and a red tie. And that's exactly what Billy Joe was wearing. And he said, and, and, and who had the hell told him to get a green mohawk that day? Like, come on. It, it was so weird. And here we are looking like Mutt and Jeff or like, you know, we're like, or whatever. You were absolute twins standing on the fucking corner. And he's looking at me like he's looking into a mirror. He was so freaked out. And Billy Joe was so freaked out. Like, fuck, that's so weird. You know, it, it was <laughs> surreal. <laughs> And my oldest, you know, Alex is like, you know, mom, I can't believe I got the job, you know, having gone through that. He's like, I tried to, I tried to cut across the the street and I I, I actually walked kitty corner to Berkeley campus. I was going to shoot across the campus and go a different way. There's no way he's going to campus. And he freaking followed me and we're walking the single file line looking like twins. (laughs) For like over a block and a half, they walked the same. It was so crazy. Anyway, (laughs) speaking of twin particles, (laughs) it was just one of those weird trips. I mean, I think about Billy Joe quite often, actually. And, And what's weird about him is nobody mobs him, and I don't know why. I don't know if people in Berkeley just don't give a shit. People in Oakland just don't know, or they don't recognize him. Sometimes singers aren't recognized as much as like actors. Actors, they get the worst, you know, they're always recognized, but I've recognized actors, but I thought that I, I went to school with you or I knew you from university or something. Like I, I like, I'll hang out with an actor who's like super, super famous for like hours and not realize who the hell they are. Exactly, you know, and then later it's like, holy shit, you're Scott Bayo. Holy shit. <laughs> you're Kyle McLaughlin. Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just weird. I, it's always happened to me like that. Like, oh my God. I even lived with an actor. And she, when I first moved in, she's like, I bet you don't know who I am. I'm like, yeah, I, I know who you are. And she's like, you do? I'm like, yeah, you're the lady I met like uh, like a week ago at the health food store. She's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't remember. I don't recognize people like that. It's weird. But most people do. And Billy Joe's one of the ones that people don't mob him. He's always out and about. Like he and his band, all of Green Day, followed us for several blocks and honked at us and waved at us and were smiling at us. I'm like, what the fuck is up with these people? People in this town are fucking crazy. And then it wasn't until a couple weeks later, um, I watched a music video with them. I'm like, oh, okay, because we're listening to their album while we were in traffic. And they were like waving and honking, like like it was going to be such a thrill for us to see them. And I have face amnesia. I don't know who the hell they were. <laughs> Someday I need to go find him again and apologize for not being all fawning over him and shit. I don't know. It was kind of weird. But um, but except for him, I mean, I'm, most of the people that are famous are always mobbed. There's like always crowds and can I get your autograph? And oh, can I get a picture? Can I have a selfie with you? Like it's always. So anyway, so I had this dream that my twin and I were... Um, living together and we were already together we we're already a couple or maybe we were becoming very good friends we weren't a couple yet 
<clears throat> I think that's what, you know, we weren't really a couple yet, but he says, okay. And he had to go and, um, he had to secure these, uh, this location to buy clothes. He wanted to go out shopping. He said, you know, I could have the people bring the clothes to my house and pick out what I want, but I really just want to leave the house. I really just want to feel normal and I want to go out of the house and I want to go pick out a suit and he needed to buy like, you know, he wanted to get like a sweater and like a suit and, um, he had something like some important meeting coming up and he's like, I don't like my clothes. I need something new. I'm like, all right, yeah, it's good. You know, the new suits hit the racks, you know, it was like for the new season anyway. I'm like, just, yeah, just go. And he's like, I would invite you, but I think I really need to contemplate and kind of focus on my thing. I'm like, do your guy thing, dude. I'm cool. And so he leaves and he comes home and he has his suits in his hand and he was really depressed because he was just like, you know, I don't feel like a normal person, you know, because I have to, he has to pay like a lot of money to be the only one in the store. So he's not mobbed by the paparazzi and he has to make sure that nobody sees him and he's got to be like all sequestered alone. So it's him and all these, you know, salespeople fawning all over him bending over backwards to cater to his every need. And it's really embarrassing for him. And so this was in my dream that he was just like depressed about that. Like, fuck, it's like, I can't just be a normal man. I just a normal dude walking into a suit shop, talking to other dudes who are also trying on suits. Like I can't just be a normal whatever. And it's just awkward. It's just socially weird. It's awkward. You like, you know, I'm in this position which people would envy to be, but I feel weird about it, you know? And he's like, I don't even wear a suit that often. It's like one of these things I needed. And so that was my dream. And so he was, we were in this room that was actually his walk-in closet. That was literally the same size as my living room and kitchen put together. (laughs) It was like cadet blue. It was like this kind of this maple wood with, um, cadet blue and cobalt blue colors. And it was like really beautiful. And, um, his closet, it was like a his and hers closet in the mansion and his like closet was massive. It was just for him only all of his shoes and his clothes. And there was a chair in there and he sat down in this chair and he was just like, I'm exhausted. He's like, he's like, I didn't do much, but I'm just tired. It's just, it's exhausting to have to go through that. And he's like, I don't want to sound ungrateful or, or complain, but it's just weird. And I go, it's okay. I want to tell you something. And he's like, what? I go, can I just hug you? And he's like, sure. So he's on the chair and I lean over him and I, and I kissed his cheek. And then I just kissed his cheek like six or seven times. And I kind of lingered there. My cheek touched his cheek for a long time. And I whispered in his ear, I I really missed you, man. I really missed you today. And he looked at me and he's like, what's up? And he just looked deep into my eyes and we held hands and he, and he said, what's up? He's like, why? He's like, you're not normally like this. What's going on with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I really, really, really missed you. And I became aware at that moment that it was me from now going into my body in the future. And that's something that really might happen, at least on the timeline I'm on now. Anyway, I don't know. It's just, it was like a weird. So anyway, this Archangel Ascension King Louie or Ascension Archangel King Louie. L-U-I. Um, 
it put me in that way of seeing the future with my twin flame. So if you are a twin flame, you haven't met yet, go try it out. You might have an intense dream like that too, um, about your person. You know, maybe they're not famous. Hopefully they're not because it's easier to meet a non-famous person than a famous one. And, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just have to keep holding the faith. I keep having like vision after vision, after vision, after vision of him you know, that we're together, we're happy, we're so happy together. And he's just like, damn, I've never been as happy as I am with you. I've never in my life been this happy. Like, yeah, I know, we get along perfect. It's just amazing. And every time I have a vision like this, it's like, damn, I really miss you, man. (laughs) I was like telling him from now at that time then that I really, really missed him. And he's just like, I just saw you a couple hours ago. I'm like, yeah, but... It's hard to explain. And why I was saying that is because I was saying it from me now. You know, it's like I was hopping into my body at that time. Very odd. It's a very odd sensation. <laughs> Multidimensional people, that's who we are. Anyway, let's get going. Spaceweather.com. The current solar wind speed is 503.3 kilometers per second because we're still in the solar wind. And I love it. <laughs> we're in the CIR. So um, here we go. There was a geomagnetic storm. Um, A brand new one is possible on the third. So in two days, basically, two and a half, three days, we're going, well, two days, because today's December 1st. So yeah. So the CME is going to sideswipe Earth's magnetic field, maybe. They, They think it might happen. They're not really sure, you know, at the trajectory, but it looks like it's coming our way. We're going to get another one. The storm cloud was hurled into space on the 29th of November. It erupted a filament of magnetism in the sun's southern hemisphere. And according to the NOAA computer models, the bulk of the CME should sail south of our planet with a near miss, just as likely as a glancing blow. But if it gets here, then it's going to almost overtake what is with us right now, or it's going to be right after. Forecasters were not expecting this, but we were hit yesterday with the CIR, the co-rotating interaction region. They hit the magnetic field. It did spark G1 class geomagnetic storms. And there's a beautiful, incredible picture of, um, in, of Sweden and the amazing Aurora Borealis. So go check it out. You're gonna love this picture. I mean, it's magical. It looks like something that someone would make for a children's movie or something. It's amethyst and a gentle jade green. It's, it's really worth looking at on spaceweather.com. So we have a lot of uncomplicated sunspots with stable magnetic fields. They pose very little threat for flares. We're on sunspot number 61 today. And we are at 8.5% of the space age average as far as cosmic radiation coming our way because we are still in the solar wind stream. We have had a um, lowering of the cosmic radiation. It's actually gone down by 0.7% in the past 48 hours. And we've had 26 fireballs over the United States. 24 were sporadic. One was a November Omega Orionid, and one was a Poopid Valid. I swear to God, these get weirder by the day, and I think they're all making it up. <laughs> Solar wind is flowing. We're going to be getting it on the 3rd and the 4th. 
So it's crazy, crazy. I mean, so much solar wind coming our way. Schumann Residence from Heartmouth is not available right now, but in Italy from DisclosureNews.it is just eight, just normal. That's it. <laughs> but we're in the solar wind, so there's always something. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to channel the Pleiadians. This episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, is sponsored by Jupiter Jewels, an independent online crystal store, helping you to connect more deeply with all Jupiterian blessings, including spirituality, abundance, self-growth, and more. Providing affordable shipping across the UK, Europe, and North America, Jupiter Jewels can help you progress on your spiritual path with ease. Visit jupiter-jewels.com today to explore life's hidden jewels. That's jupiter-jewels.com. guys so I am getting to this quite late I was on a good roll and I was getting ready to uh, sit down and record the um, channeling part of the show and I got a phone call from one of my best friends and then I started getting random messages from two people I haven't heard from in two years I should check the Mercury retrograde. Usually this happens during Mercury retrograde. I mean, but here's here's December rolling around and all of a sudden people think about each other again. I don't know. It's been really strange. Um, but a couple of years ago on the show, I announced that I was scared that my ex-boyfriend, my first boyfriend, actually from when I was about 16 years old, I've known him my whole adult life, and also you know, a lot of my teenage years, um, I thought he was dead. I, I just, it's like he didn't call me. He didn't write me for a long time. And I thought, well, he's either married or he's dead. And, <laughs> and some people think, well, yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> but I was a little worried and I had asked you guys even to pray for him. Well, he is alive. He is fine. Ish. I mean, he's been going through some major uh, depression over the past couple of years, I guess. He was having really bad anxiety before, um, you know, and then all of a sudden I didn't hear from him. I'm like, damn it, where is he? And anyway, he's okay. He's my good friend. Um, we were we lost touch for 20 years while he, he had knocked up some chick he met at a bar, basically, and... It was so embarrassed to contact me after we'd had a hot, heavy, sexy, romantic weekend. And I thought, oh, my God, we're finally on track. We're going to get married and have kids and have a wonderful life. You know, we had like two, three days together, you know, romantic weekend. First time we'd ever actually, you know, seen each other 
you know, without clothes. So it was like, woo, oh, wow, we're getting along. Everything's great, bada boom, bada bing. And finally, everything seemed to be flowing. And he went back to Arizona and met some woman in a bar, and she got pregnant and um, and then left them. You know, he I think he married her or was going to live together with her anyway. I don't know what exactly happened, but needless to say, I didn't hear from him for 21 years because he was raising his son by himself, which is just so shitty. You know, he could have contacted me, you know. All right, I, I, I done screwed up, but I think I want to try something with you. But it wasn't in the cards or the stars or whatever. <laughs> it was in the bars. <laughs> so anyway, but, we be, but we're still good friends. We've, we will always forever and ever be good friends. In fact, our, our love song when we were 16 was That's What Friends Are For, right? <laughs> that was our song. And... Um, and so we always said, no matter what, we're going to be friends. Even if we break up, you know, we break each other's hearts. We're, we'll get over it and we'll be friends again. And we are. And anyway, I'm so grateful. And I'm glad to announce that he is actually, in fact, alive. <laughs> Woo, thank God for that. Um, I had a complex because, like, I had five or six of my friends um, not contact me. And not get back to me when I'd like call them or email them or text them or whatever. And they weren't getting back to me. And every single one of them was dead from various things. One guy, car accident, you know, one woman, cancer, you know, um, my other friend, uh, Jason, he had cancer. Um, my other friend, um, his he was, um, not schizophrenic, he had multiple personality disorder. And one of his personalities, um, uh, announced it's time to party bitches or something like that on Facebook. And he was dressed like a woman and that was his alter ego and his alter ego, uh, took too much heroin that night and killed her and killed him. You know, them, I don't know how you put that, but anyway, so like I just went through a series of so many deaths in a row over like the course of seven years, I lost 30 people, um, relatives and friends. And, um, so I had this thing where every time someone didn't get back to me, they must, you know, like, I didn't know I was taking it personally. I was really mad. What's wrong with them? And then it turns out they were dead. And so after a while, <laughs> I had this complex that every time someone doesn't get back to me, it means that they're dead. Especially if we didn't have a fight, we didn't have a falling out. I don't think I said anything wrong. I don't know. Did I smell that day the last time we saw each other? I don't know. I mean, why weren't they get back to me? So, <laughs> so I had a thing like for a while. I mean, for a while, I thought my stepdad was dead. He's alive. Thank you, God. He's living with my sister now, so I know he's safe. And um, in, in New York, he moved to New York. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the guy couldn't come across town to see me after I traveled 12 hours. He couldn't come, you know, in, in the car for 40 minutes to come see me and the kids. But he moved, you know, 3,000 miles away to live with my sister. But whatever. Hate sibling rivalries. I just hate this shit, but whatever. He stopped talking to me after my mom died, and I thought, well, I guess he figures his obligation to me is over and his grandkids, whatever. You know, it's just creepy to me that he would do that. But but then, but when my ex boyfriend didn't contact me back and we were, you know, 
over anything that we were upset at each other over. You know, for years we were talking, and then all of a sudden I didn't hear from him for two years. But he was depressed. It was he was going through some major clinical depression. So that's why. But thank God he's alive. I was so worried about him. So for those of you who prayed for him, he is alive and contacted me um, tonight. And I was so happy. I'm like, dude, I love you. You're like probably one of my oldest friends for sure. And like for as long as I've known him since I was 16, you know, and it was like, we hit it off from the moment we met. He's like one of my soulmates, I think. And, you know, we weren't meant to be anything other than friends, but he's a good person. And we've had a lot of good times together, you know, over the years and, Anyway, I'm just so fucking glad he's he's alive. I'm just it's just one of those puzzle pieces of my life that it it you know it was like the end piece and it was just like where the hell is it? it must have rolled under the couch and finally I could put that piece that piece goes into place you know I have one friend left that I thought might have died so I will be thrilled to the teeth to find out that she's actually alive and. She's probably alive, but she's probably just super busy. But, um, I mean, seriously, I had like 30 people die in seven years. So, it, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Anyway, the cat then started to go really crazy. Uh, we have a leak, and I had to um, go under the sink and move all the stuff out of there to kind of figure out what the hell's going on with this leak. I had to shut the water off. And so moving stuff around got my cat all hawked off at me, so angry at me because things are now different in the house. She has OCD <laughs> and she's, she started running around the house like so fast and it was so loud. There's no way I could record. And then she started attacking me. And then I'm like, I don't like that girl. And I turned my back on her and she attacked me and bit my leg. I mean, my arm was bleeding. I mean... She just got kind of crazy. I With this whole hacker situation with them stealing my Instagram account, all of this shit, you know, that I've been going through for the past six days, I haven't really um, played with her like I usually do. You know, not, not to the same extent. So I had to take another 30 to 40 minutes out with her and just, like, we had to play Intruder. It's her favorite game. Gets her mo- most of her energy out. <laughs> and Intruder is one where I put long sleeves shirt or sweater on like a, a, you know, jacket. And, um, I tell her it's an intruder in the house. He's after your mom. I put my arm up and she attacks my arm. (laughs) She bites me. She scratches me. And then she, you know, jumps back down and then attacks me again. And she attacks me repeatedly. And usually in two, three minutes, she's done. She lays on the ground and she's all lovey dovey again. But nope, not tonight. 30 minutes we had to play intruder. <laughs> She's attacking me over and over and over and over again. I'm like, you want to play intruder? You know? And finally she was done. I'm like, you done playing intruder? And she kind of blinked her eyes at me like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done, Mom, and I love you, and thank you for playing with me. It's like one of our rough house games that we play. The rest of the stuff we play is not rough, but she needed to be, you know, get all that pent-up energy out anyway so that's what's going on uh i am connected to michael sherhan of ashtar command and he was also busy finally said i'm gonna astral project to you i don't want to just 
do this via telepathy. I want to be there in the room with you, at least, you know, in my spirit body. So he is, I feel him standing behind me. He's kind of waiting. He's pacing back and forth, waiting for me to finish this part so that I can introduce him. So anyway, he is, um, the, uh, Pleiadian commander. He's, um, I don't want to say he's quite old. He is advanced in age, but he says not in body or mind or spirit. He says, I'm still young. He's sitting here like, I'm still young, man. Yeah. And you're sexy too. You know it too. <laughs> he says, yeah, of course I am. And yes, I do know it. <laughs> he is, uh, he is quite flirtatious. He's an amazing person. He's got a, a great personality and he's mostly serious, but he's got his fun side too. Anyway, he, um, is in a starship, um, not that far from earth. I don't believe he says he's like parked around Jupiter right now. So he's in our solar system, but the Pleiadians, um, they have been visiting us, uh, recently in recent years, all the little, um, like ships that you see in the sky, even the plasma ships that are brightly colored, um, and keep changing shape. That's plasma, um, surrounding the ship or, you know, you we're seeing stuff from the fifth dimension kind of bleed through is what it is in muscle testing suggests. And he's like, yes, exactly. You got it. So yeah, it's not, we're not seeing the whole of the ship. We're just seeing, um, bits and glimmering pieces of these ships. We're seeing the lights, the light ships are Pleiadian and they're beautiful and they're, um, strange and mysterious to us, but we're not fully vibe vibed up on their level yet. And when we are, then we'll get to see their ships and they're much bigger than we suspect is what he's saying right now. So anyway, I am an indirect channeler, which means I use telepathy, uh, to communicate with my people. I don't, uh, allow them to take over my body. That's called a direct channeler, and I'm, I don't do that. I do indirect channeling, and um, I've been doing it for a while, a couple years uh, publicly for you guys. Five seasons of channeling for you. Boom, here we are. Um, so let's just get on into it. Uh, Michael uh, Ashtar... Ashtar is his, uh, like, commanding officer name, like, you know, like saying president or captain... Ashtar is a title, not his name, but he goes by Ashtar Michael Sheerhan. So Ashtar Sheerhan or Ashtar Michael Sheerhan, you may begin transmission now. So here we go. <laughs> he says, thank you for that long greeting. <laughs> he says, it's interesting about your cat. Maybe she felt me in the room. Yeah, that's quite possible. He, okay, so greetings. I am Michael Sheerhan of Ashtar Command and the Pleiadian Light Forces. I am a part of a larger conglomerate of uh, beings from all over the universe. I am part of the Galactic Federation, as well as the Galactic Federation of Light, which is a small division that services those of you who live here in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's why we call it the galactic federation of light because the milky way is quite uh light it, it appears like a bunch of twinkly lights no matter where you are in the galaxy and it is glorious to behold when you first see it when we first saw it uh 
on our um, big ship that we um, sail around the universe and we were really impressed with it with seeing uh, your galaxy it is quite impressive quite beautiful and they're all beautiful but there's something quite special and unique to the Milky Way galaxy and we are happy to be a part of this too so we're part of the Galactic Federation and the Galactic Federation of Light so um, we wanted to uh, contact you tonight and give you a report on the state of humanity in relation to your readiness for physical contact with extraterrestrial life and um, ETs from other dimensions, other realities, other planets. So um, we have done an assessment recently and we have discovered that you are 98% ready to receive information via telepathy or channelers as we are doing right now. Uh, so we're 98%, all of humanity is around 98% ready to at least listen to uh, a show such as this one, like a podcast, or willing to read an article in which there was a channeled presence um, involved even though out of the 98% that are interested in reading about it, a good 20 to 27% probably don't believe it and they're just reading it or thinking about it or listening to it as a source of entertainment and they believe that maybe the people are crazy or perhaps the people are delusional and they also um, believe that it's, truly fiction but it's labeled as non-fiction you know so a lot of the people don't really believe a lot of you know the 27 percent of the people don't really believe it's real or really happening but they're fascinated by it and they're more along the lines in their minds worrying about the person like oh i hope they're okay i think they're crazy they're 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 thinking they're talking to other beings or aliens etc but so out of that 98 percent 27 percent don't totally buy it or at all they don't believe it's true but they enjoy um hearing the messages and they think the messages themselves are positive but the, and the rest of them uh, the rest of the people that do believe really truly believe so you've got a good 60 percent 63 percent whatever um I'm like trying to do the math, you guys. He's like showing me, but I'm not quite seeing. He says, oh, okay. He's saying it's like 68 to 69% maybe of the people do believe that it, that it's real. It's happening because a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork as far as learning about um, channeling. There's so many channelers suddenly. It's cropped up all over your planet in every country. He, um, he says, from from Japan to Kazakhstan, there are channelers everywhere that are receiving messages, not only from the Pleiadians, but from the Lyrans and the Andromedans and people from all the other galaxies and other parts of the universe. This has been 
an unprecedented series of events on your planet, the ascension, uh, all of it. And then the veils have been removed and there's so many spiritual awakenings taking place on your planet that it is quite interesting for us to uh, observe and look at. And we're also, you know, not being passive observers, we're active observers in which we are helping um, bring about the changes that are necessary to move your evolution to the next step. We wish for you to be quite effective in this um, multi-linear quantum leap that you are taking. This is a huge jump up for humanity and indeed for your solar system and the galaxy as well as the entire universe. We are absolutely impressed at the progress that you're making. So we wanted to express about the percentages of people who are interested in hearing the messages from interdimensional people and also um, people who live in other realms and, and other places, including other planets in their own 3D world. You know, everyone's interested in this, but we have the percentage of people who are ready for physical contact. That drops to about 60 He's saying 62 to 64% at the very most, but really they're thinking it's more along the lines of 58%. Muscle testing says yes. Muscle testing, just in case. This is my backup. But he's saying 58% of the population are ready for physical contact. So it's just a little bit over half. And we really need it to be at least like 79 to 80, even 82% of the readiness of the people will be a lot more um, conducive to our coming there and being there physically. Also, what what you must understand is it's still going to be very difficult for you guys to see us. We will be out of phase from you because of the fifth dimensional experience. For us, we are higher up in the fifth dimension, whereas you guys only have one big toe in the door. <laughs> so we are um, still waiting. We would have to say that for uh, 43% of you are um, fully ready to ascend right now. And we'd have to say there's another maybe 28 to 29% of you that are on the verge of becoming ready to ascend. So you're still looking at 70% of the population isn't fully ascended or totally ready. And then the rest of the 30% of the population, they may have heard about this, but they don't buy it. Even if they did not hear about it, they still would not. They're not the kind of people that look into spirituality in general, so they don't even know. So anyone who does not know about the ascension at this point, at this late date, (laughs) because it's been actively spoken of in your social medias for over five years, 
so for those of um, you among you know those who walk among you who have never heard of this stuff who are absolutely not spiritual at all or you know they don't have you know one um, iota of a clue <laughs> that this is even taking place those people are not really quite holding you back but it, at the moment they are Oh, I don't want to say that, dude. Like, seriously. He's saying they're a little bit of like an anchor around our necks in a way. They're they're keeping us back. They're holding us back. So, and he's saying that he's like laughing. Well, it was like the rudest thing to say. He says, he says, yeah, it did came, it come out a lot harsher than what I meant. It. I didn't mean it to be sound so horrible out loud and sounded a lot worse <laughs> sounded better in his mind he's saying he's laughing about it. he says he, he says it does feel like there are a giant millstone around your necks at times because you feel like you're being hold, held back but individually you're not held back you can grow you can learn you can change and you can go to the fifth dimension clearly on your own without anybody else's help or permission or without their part of the ascension occurring. So you can, of course, you know, go into the fifth dimension clearly on your own. But a lot of the people that are kind of holding uh, humanity back, or at least that's what it feels like for a lot of you when you're not arising together into the next phase of human evolution as a group, um, a lot of you <clears throat> have expressed concern or upsetness or uh, downright frustration and even anger in some cases. Like, why aren't we there yet? <laughs> it's like it's akin to being like a little a little kid in the back seat of a car asking, "Are we there yet?" Every five minutes because he has to go to the bathroom, but he doesn't want his uh, parents to be upset and it's that kind of a frustration and a little bit of a panic energy and this is the kind of an energy we get from a lot of you this uh panic this upset kind of sort of like am am I doing it wrong is it me is it you is it me is it you know what what's going on that kind of energy and it's it's just these people that are hanging on to the old ways they're very attached to their physical bodies they're not interested in learning anything new um, outside of their little world, whether they're religious or not. A lot of these people are just spiritually asleep, and a lot of them are, really are not religious at all. And so, they're but they're just stuck in the third-dimensional stuckness. They're on the rat race going to a corporate job. They are trying really hard to um, fulfill their material desires. They are interested in only what you can see and hear, taste, touch, and feel. Anything beyond that is not true. It's ludicrous. Um, It's these kinds of attitudes. You know, uh, they vote politically very conservative usually. And they don't feel like 
it's up to them at all. They have no interest in any kind of spirituality whatsoever. So as a collective, they might be the ones that are holding you back. However, as individuals, you can continue to ascend. So please work on yourselves. Please, by all means, go out of your way even to spend more time meditating, more time focused on the light, more times focused on the love, and you will get to the point at which you are able to comprehend all the ins and the outs of moving to the fifth dimension and then you will make your informed decision when the time comes period period I'm so used to speech to text <laughs> I I'm listening to him but then I saw I saw this as words on a page and I'm like oh yeah period wait no that's sorry about that guys <laughs> That's so dumb. I've had like actual live conversations where I'm talking to somebody and I'll say question mark. And they're like, what are you, what the hell are you saying? Question mark. I knew it was a question. What? (laughs) Uh, Speech to text is ruining all of our lives. (laughs) All right. Sorry about that, Michael. (laughs) I just, I interjected that because I saw it as a, what you were saying as a sentence on a page. And then I was just like, oh yeah, wait, that needs punctuation. <laughs> I'm an editor of my own mind over here. <laughs> I guess technically we're all editors of our own mind. Some of us are lazy editors like me. I blurt out shit. I, I should never say out loud, but oh, well, <laughs> class clown. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wasn't, I was actually just a, I was always in trouble for talking. Go figure. Look what I'm doing for a living now. <laughs> I'm talking for a living. All right. So, uh, Okay, Ashtar, let's go back. So, so yes, as we were saying, as I was saying, the idea that you have to wait for other people or that, you know, things are not going to go smoothly for you unless everybody is in it, well, that's just a misnomer. Everyone's going to go collectively but individually at the same time. So you are... You're more than welcome to come to the fifth dimension. Just come on up. The water's fine. <laughs> You're going to love it here. It, you know, we do have cookies and we're not the dark side. <laughs> he says, we have angel food cake up here. No worries. You're going to love it. You don't have to wait for other people in your family or your friends to ascend. If you are ready, just do it already because your energy of ascension and of, of ascending, if you're vibrating super high, your energy of that is going to help lift up your neighborhood, your block, even parts, whole chunks of your city will have a lot higher vibration. So just by your being you and your being your, um, in your spiritual way on your spiritual path, and doing your spiritual um, work that is going to start awakening the people in your neighborhoods. So <clears throat> don't worry about the people in the neighborhood spiritually awakening before you ascend or before you work on yourself more. It's the very act of you working on yourself that will bring up the neighborhood in vibration and in um 
spiritual knowledge that seems to randomly appear. All of those good things are going to happen, but you have to take the first step to be the leader, the spiritual leader to your, um, well, that's not the right word. Constituents, isn't it? Um, just, he's like saying to your people, but then he's like saying, wait, that's not, that's only, you know, when you say your people, what that means is if you're a mayor or a governor, and that's not quite the right word here, but, um, the people that you will spiritually be um, a sponsor for. <laughs> so he, he's so he's saying, you know, you could be a spiritual sponsor, but nobody around you is interested. And so you just stop your spiritual practice because you figure, hey, no one's interested. But in um, reality, the more you uh, focus on yourself, your own spiritual way, and the more you open your heart up, the more you uh, clear your shadow out, your shadow side, and um, the more you heal yourself, and the more you accept more light, more plasma, more DNA, the more you do these things, the more you are... Um, um, are you really saying pummeling? <laughs> the more you are pummeling your neighbors with this big, beautiful, bright ball of energy. <laughs> and so the more you're on your spiritual way without a care in the world, without worrying about what other people think, that is how you're going to get there. But it's also how you're going to carry your whole neighborhood with you. So maybe even the mayor of the town or the governor of your state will suddenly become spiritual because you were on your way and it's an energy that is contagious once people start to feel lighter and brighter <clears throat> like they're shining brighter they will end up just being that bright bright beacon of light to all those around them and all the people around them will start to want to do better in their lives they're going to want to have uh, a, a more ethical job or less time in a commute so that people start to change their jobs because they start thinking, well, I don't want to spend the gas money, um, you know, or, or waste the precious resource of gas and, and pollute the environment and the air. So, you know, they will change jobs and things will start to really start to uh, function, move forward push forward and all the people in your vicinity are going to become different, more amazing, more spiritually awake and more open minded. They're just going to open up and blossom spiritually, but it's always going to be as a direct result of those of you in the neighborhood or in the city who are in the spiritual way on the path and know about this stuff. So hopefully this makes sense to you guys, but, um, and I'm looking and it's 33 minutes, 33 seconds. So that's something, uh, <laughs> at 88% charge on my phone, <laughs> that might be an angel number for you guys. So, so keep on keeping on as they've been saying in your country since we think the 1960s, maybe the seventies, but it's 
every bit as true today as it was then. Just keep on keeping on because as you progress, you are pulling people with you. Even if they are resistant and even if they're not interested, even if they want to stay asleep, they're not going to be able to punch that snooze alarm for very much longer. So just be aware, be rest assured that you're not going to be alone in the journey. Many of you have thought about this or expressed even out loud, like what happens if I ascend and nobody around me gives a crap. They don't want to ascend. They don't want to be spiritual and they're stuck in the muck and the mire of the third dimension. But it's not going to be that way. Uh, The more you shine your light, the more your light is going to affect others. Wow. He says, we envision a world at one point where energetically your planet is going to be radiating so much white light outward from the planet outward that we think for a while it's going to almost look like a secondary sun even even with the rays shooting out in all directions the rays of light even though it, it won't technically be that it's just the energy that we will um, be able to catch all those high vibrations we're going to be able to see them in our um, fifth dimensional state of being we have our ships, you know, in and out of your uh, earth uh, atmosphere. We love you guys so much that when we are available and, um, you know, in that part of the galaxy or, or your solar system, we will come immediately. Um, when people call us, if we're there, we will be there. And we're always here for you, even if we're, you know, at the edge of the universe, all you need to do is call upon us to say, Hey, Ashtar, send me light chips. Hey, you know, uh, Ashtar command, send me, uh, a boost up. You know, a lot of you need the boost up the emotional or spiritual, um, energy, like an energy shot in the arm, almost like giving you a B vitamin B12 shot. So if you feel burned out with this spiritual stuff and you really need something more, um, hello, darling, come here. I don't know if you guys heard that, but (laughs) are you going to ask the Pleiadians to give you energy? I think she likes this idea. She comes running in so confident. Do you want some energy from the Pleiadians? Okay. You could ask them. Say, Ashtar, I'm needing some help here. I attacked my mommy for a long time tonight. I made my mommy bleed. I think I need my vibration raised. You can ask him. Are you going to ask him that? Now she's ignoring me, of course. (laughs) I went too far. I told the secrets. I should not have spilled that tea. (laughs) Okay, all right. Do you need more love and light? Okay. Well, come on over here. We're talking to Ashtar. So you just came up here, huh? Kiss you on your cheek. 
All right, so Knowledge Raven spells now officially part of the show. She has <laughs> let you guys know she's willing to ask, and if she's willing to ask, then you should not have a problem asking uh, for help from the Pleiadians. Just go outside and say, hey, Pleiadians, uh, I need more love and light. I need more help. I need more help getting there. I need that spiritual shot in the arm and that boost up right now because this is the time. This is this is what Ashtar is saying. He's, he's getting fired up. He's like pacing back and forth going, this is go time, people. I want to be like a football coach now and say, this is time. We're going to run the scrimmage. We're going to do it, and we're going to boost ourselves so high we're going to the fifth dimension. Right, right knowledge? Is that what you want to do? All right, here we go, girl. All right, come on. I got you. I got you. All right. I got you, girl. Are you all right? You want to say hi to the people? She's she's putting her head on the tablet, and now she's <laughs> she's demanding and forcing me to hug her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right, now we're holding the baby. Hi, darling. I love you, sweetheart. She is now on my shoulder like a parrot. <laughs> all right. Oh, I love you, girl. She was feeling the energy. She feels, he's like, I feel her too. I love her. All right, Ashar. So what else can we, what do we need to know? And um, so what else do we have coming? <laughs> so what's going on? He says, um, you might notice a lot more uh, different kinds of ships around. The more you clear your, um, negativity or false stories or the victim mentalities or the things that you um, hold on to that holds you back as you let these things go these are like tethers to the third dimensional ground and you know imagine that you're a bouncing (laughs) he's saying bouncing baby ball like you're just a bouncing you know, into the universe and into your true nature and your true self, you're going to be more of a person who's embracing and embodying your, uh, your higher self. And the, the more you let go of these tethers that hold you back and hold you down to the earth, the more you're going to be able to just float up and actually fly and some of you are going to soar. You know, you're going to feel like you're soaring across the sky with how high in vibration you are. The energies are a lot more intense coming your way. There is a lot more pure love. So if you're able to tap into it, that's going to help you heal and get you into a state of mind in which you do deserve it all. You do deserve the love. You do deserve to have the nice things and there's no shame in that game there's no guilt (laughs) he says there's no guilt in that kilt (laughs) I think he just liked to rhyme right now he says yeah I I just like to rhyme sometimes (laughs) he says it's late for me where I'm at so (laughs) he's all right so <laughs> there's no guilt in that kilt. That's a, see, there's a t-shirt right there, guys. There's no guilt under that kilt. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, in fact, that's a good name for a bar. The guilted, the guilted quilt. No, the guilted kilt. I can't even say it. I can't say it once, let alone five times fast. <laughs> the, 
the gilded kilt, the gilted kilt. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> G-I-L-T, not G-U-I-L-D. Anyway, <laughs> now Char's share hands like saying BLT. Is that what you said? And he's laughing. <laughs> he says, he says, maybe one day I'll have the replicators make one. I hear humans talk about this sandwich all the time. The BLT He's like, it might be something I like. I'm like, yeah, it might be actually take out the tomato and add bacon. That's what I like. That's really good. <laughs> bacon, lettuce, and peanut butter sandwich. Those are excellent. <laughs> okay. So, um, Oh, this, this beautiful cat is just cuddling with me so much. I'm so happy. All right. So, so what about physical contact? Ah, yes. We have done an assessment and we think 33 to 35% of you are ready for physical contact. And we think that we told you a higher percentage number before, but on further inspection and actually trying and testing it out, we found that many of you who say you're ready, turns out you get really freaked out when someone appears in your room. <laughs> Go figure. Some of you get quite upset and some of you um, actually start to panic when you see a UFO come awfully close to you to try to interact with you guys. So we think that the percentage used to be around 73. Now it's more like 33, um, from our more recent studies, but you're going to be visited by, or you're going to start to notice there's going to be a lot more different kinds of spaceships. The more you raise up in vibration, the more of these spaceships you're going to be seeing. And, um, we're just here as helpers to humanity. We're not just here observing you. We're not just doing this like you're our latest freak show that we're interested in looking at. It's not like that at all for us. We are genuinely here to help and raise your vibration and anything that you need, just ask us, just say it out loud and we will send one of our ambassadors down to help you in any way that we possibly can. We are absolutely in love with the human race and you are our cousins because most of you do have Pleiadian DNA in you. And that means that you are our family and you always will be our family. So we will always be here. As long as we have breath and life in our bodies, we will be there or here for you guys. Now we, um, are different life forms than you because we're originating out of the fifth dimension now. But a lot of us are even ascended more into the seventh and the, even the ninth. And we do believe there are some of us in the 11th dimension as well. There's a lot of us, um, very high vibrations. So you could call upon us, any of us, not just me, but anybody to say, I need a Pleiadian guide or a Pleiadian helper or, I, I wish for that extra shot in the arm and we will accommodate you. We will accommodate you all, anything that you need. We love you so much. We want to, um, know you in person. You guys, we're so excited about when the day finally comes, we can land, but we're, 
based on our more recent assessments, we're thinking it's going to be more like three to four years for some of you, but probably for the greater majority of you, it might not be for another seven years before we're able to land fully and walk off our spaceship and go, hey, you know, here's here's some roses we picked up in Andromeda and here's, you know, a Pleiadian monkey, you know, to play with. <laughs> Do you guys have Pleiadian monkeys? He says, no. He says, I feel kind of goofy right now and I thought that was a funny thing to say. <laughs> you know, we don't have monkeys. Uh, we have primates, but they're different than your monkeys on Earth. And we're not sure that they would travel well. <laughs> you know, we, th- we think it's better to keep them in their natural habitat where they're happy already. We don't want to make them unhappy by taking them out of a happy environment. And that's one of the Pleiadian philosophies. So... Anyway, um, he says, I'm, I'm going to go now, but I, I want you guys to know that you are so special to me. All of you are on your journey. You're working really hard. We see you. We watch you. We check in. We have the ability to be there for you in ways that even other uh, races throughout the universe have not been able to especially since a lot of you are our kin. We're related to you. We just, we emphasize this because of how much uh, love we have for humanity and you know where it comes from. It's because you are our long lost family. We will always consider you family. We hope that in time you can think the same about us. But uh, we're going to let you contemplate that. Um, anytime you need us, just just say it out loud. Pleiadians, we need your help. We, you know, we uh, care for you. We love you, whatever you want to say. Um, and we really, really need help with X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is, you know, aches and pains, arthritis, um, feeling sad that day, not having a direction, in life you're wandering about aimlessly, we will help you focus your mind so that your answers will come to you through your higher guidance. We help you open up your higher guidance system for you. <clears throat> so we are more than happy to do um, this work for you because you are rock stars and we only want to deal with the rock stars and now they're laughing. Now he's laughing. He's just like, ah, <laughs> all right. He says, I've enjoyed talking to you guys. I, I love all of you. I'm so grateful that, um, we've had this time together. We look forward to working with you, um, on various, um, spiritual, um, projects such as your spiritual goals, And, of course, the ascension of humanity is the ultimate goal for all of you. But um, we're here to help. We're here to help. So just ask us. Utilize our expertise, our knowledge, our, our love, and the fact that if you could get... Um, and yeah, that didn't make any sense. If you could get your hands on a small spaceship 
we know that you, okay, so that's what he's saying. He's like, we know that if we, you could get your hands on a small spaceship, you'd come up and visit us. But we know that a lot of this is frustrating because you've been hearing about it for so many years and you just want it now. You're tired of the pandemic. You're tired of the, the BS the governments are putting you through. You're tired of society and the way things are turning out. We understand. We get it. We hear your complaints all the time. We're always sending you love and light. Even if you can't see our spaceships, we're always sending it to you. You could tap into it, and then you could always feel good because you know you are 100% remembered, each, every individual of you. You're all remembered to us, especially if you talk to us. We know who you are. We love all of humanity. We are sending beams, radiant beams from heaven afar <laughs> as your Christmas music says and we know this is the season or as you guys say, tis the season we send you our beautiful love and light and we hope that you can utilize it this beautiful uh, Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa season we're hoping that you can learn to live with more and more greater and greater light each and every day because in every possible way we're sending it to you and we cannot wait to meet you and hug you in real life even if it takes seven years we are waiting we're waiting for that day we love you so much and that with that we're going to sign off and wish you Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Solstice, Happy Days, Happy Sails, Happy Trails. Just keep moving forward. Just keep moving and pushing and going. And you're going to get there. And when you get there, we will be there to meet and greet and give you a warm and hearty embrace because always know that you are connected to us the Pleiadian race <laughs> um, I am Ashtar Sherhan of the Ashtar Command and the Pleiadian Light Forces we are from the Galactic Federation and the Galactic Federation of Light we're here to serve humanity we are here to raise our own vibrations and help everyone in the universe Right now we're focused on earthlings, so for this we are eternally grateful. Thank you so much for listening to our message. For now we're signing off. End transmission. All right, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. As soon as I said end transmission, Miss Knowledge Ravenspell moved. She got off the shoulder. <laughs> she wanted to be here with Ashtar <laughs> and I think he's he's in his astral form and I think he, is he still here? No, I think he actually left as soon as he left that was it, she uh, got off my shoulder, she wanted to have that high vibrational energy from him, so there you have it um, I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always and that's it for now, um, I'm, I'm beat, <laughs> I'm exhausted, so that's it, guys, um, 
I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. guys i've been making episodes of metaphysical soul speak the podcast for a while now and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast well i have two solutions for this question number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to nine dollars and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.